We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Round two, everybody. Welcome back to Jack's Ramsey's. I'm Danny Meringue, joined as always by Brandon Sprague. Uh, and like I said, uh, after some PC repairs and some stuff in between, uh, maybe, maybe everything works now. Uh, I literally plugged everything back in, ran a few tests, and I thought it all worked. Brandon, try talking. Don't you die. Uh, actually, try talking. No, you're not. No, I'm not. No, you're not. Because you're not coming. <laughs> you're not coming into the Zoom feed. That's the thing. That's how I can tell. You can't screw with me anymore. <laughs> hey, we're here. We've made it. We're we back, back, baby. baby. We're I've back. got all of all of my sound EQ bars are actually showing up this time. <laughs> Finally, good oh, lord. Welcome in. Appreciate everybody uh, dealing with the delay. Sorry, uh, my PC blew up. My uh, my entire liquid cooling system went out. Um, so I had to get a new liquid cooler. My power supply blew up. Everything was, uh, totally and completely host. So, uh, I appreciate you sticking it out. Uh, we are back. We will dive into some stuff. Uh, we won't go incredibly long today. We'll probably go out for about 35, 40 minutes. Um, both Brandon and I both have hard outs tonight. I got a date night with the wife. I'm going to go see the Ooh. homie, uh, Jeremiah Coughlin is hosting a new comedy show downtown called Deep Dish. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go check that out. Support the homie. Um, it's really great because I was just downtown doing my radio show and then I drove an hour to come home. Now I'm going to go drive an hour to go watch the comedy show and then drive another hour back and make sure I registered four hours of driving today. Uh, you might as well have driven to Southern Oregon and got in and out at Medford or something. Yeah. I mean, I used to do that. Really? Yeah. I did Grants Pass. Oh my God. Every now and then the hankering for, for Grant, for in and out would, would hit such a level. That hard? Mm Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. you're dark. You had some things to think about. Yeah, it's the only know, reason you make that try. Yeah, no, I was like, you know what? I really want to double double, and I can think I could try to, you know, figure some stuff out. Uh, speaking of figuring stuff out, we're here to try to figure out what the hell is wrong with the Blazers. Uh, what's mm-hmm. going on? What's got them mired in a four game uh, losing streak? Um, all of the things, right? It's just stuff isn't great. Uh, Michael Hall asks, "Is this the new studio?" No, but I'm glad you asked because I will be moving into the new studio over the next two weeks. Uh, hey! Hey! So uh, this will all move out there. Um, I need to get things ready for the surgery because that's coming very soon. Um, I guess we should probably. I think that's the only other housekeeping thing that we have. I might have uh, some guests lined up. 
Uh, the cool thing is uh, with that, everybody at home, uh, it's a very simple, easy thing. Uh, we'll do some more Jack Ramsey's After Dark, but it also means I am in the building um, a lot more. Uh, I was in the building last night uh, for their fourth consecutive loss. Mm. Uh, this one to the Orlando Magic was at 109-106. Uh, they had multiple opportunities to close out the uh, regulation with a game-tying three. They got three different looks at it, uh, one from Jeremy Grant where he airbelled, one from Yusuf Nurkic in the corner. I don't know if that's necessarily where I want him taking it. Uh, and one probably 30-footer from Anthony Simons that from our location looked Everybody in press row thought it was good when he let it go. It was uh, dead straight, hit the back rim. Yeah, it, it felt like it was like, oh, man, this is going to be close. Um, but unfortunately, they, they can't do it again. Um, there's there's a lot going on. So let me, let me pull up all my tabs again after everything had to restart. Um, but while I'm doing this, Brandon, what is your general – what is your stance? What is your takeaway – what 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 is it you're that you're seeing or believing or frustrated mm-hmm. by? Just the general gist. I mean, it's just it, all of it. I mean, what isn't frustrating? They can't hit threes. They um, they go through these long runs where they can't hit a field goal. Not even like a three. It's just they can't make a shot. They go four, five minutes, six minutes. Toronto, Indiana, last night twice against Orlando, and I. I, I'm not smart enough to pretend to know why a team with that kind of firepower goes that long without even a basket. Um, defensively, I, I feel like they have really good moments of defense, but I feel like in the worst possible times, they kind of let up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Chauncey, I, I'm not going to – this isn't going to be a fire Chauncey thing for me today. So if that's what people came for, you ain't getting it from me. But I will say he's frustrating in the sense of, I just don't think a team this desperate should be starting a game like they started yesterday. I don't think you should be starting a third quarter the way you started. I don't know how this team operates better when they're down 20, come back, ties it, or takes a small lead, and then they blow the game. I don't know how that team – I don't have the mental makeup of a team can operate that way. And I I think you're getting a lot of mental fatigue from your starters because they're playing heavy minutes and you don't have a bench that's giving you much. And so I'm to the point now, I know you'll get some numbers here and kind of do a deep dive of what the numbers are kind of saying Mm -hmm. versus what we're seeing. But my final point on this during this whole run, until you make a trade and you're trying to salvage your season to still be in the playoff conversation, you got to do what you can to win games. And I'm to a point now where I think they need to make a move. Not a trade necessarily. I'd like a trade, but... We're still about a month away from the trade deadline. I think the move you make, I, I, I think you sit Josh and you bring GP2 into the starting lineup if he can run. I understand he's played two games. I understand there's minutes stuff. I get all that Josh's ego, but I just think you're at a point now as a team, do something. You got to inject some life into you. Mm-hmm. And every time I've seen Gary play in the two games, I, I feel like you can feel the difference. You can see a different kind of attitude it's not to say josh isn't good enough it's just to say i think josh would actually benefit and help our bench because there's been next to nothing there and i, I think gp gives you a, a different look to start the game and maybe get your juices flowing a little differently until they make a trade danny i, I just i think you got to think in those terms yeah i think there's okay my dog thinks there's something wrong too there's a <laughs> lot there's a lot to take away there's, yes there's 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 not 
Chauncey Billups last night said, you know, we're, they're, they're in a funk. Yes, they're in a funk. And I asked him pregame about, I can't remember the exact question, but it was something along the lines of, what are you doing and how, how are you trying to, like, are you to the point of, like, can you simplify things any further to make it easier, to make it better, to make it more efficient, to make it cleaner? And the thing that he said was, bottom line, he, he said some other stuff along the way, but the thing that I took away from this was, he, he thinks of turnovers as personal responsibility. That no matter how simple or how advanced a concept, a scheme, or whatever you're running, no matter what happens, you have two things you have to do. You have to make the, make the read and make the pass. Now, you can scale it however you want to, but those things aren't happening. No matter how, again, simple or advanced it is. And to that extent, I do agree with him. I do. The flip side of this is, and this is where, when Stotts was coaching, this was the drum I was banging. Um, I had Phil Beckner on a year ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you want to, I'll screw it. I'll, I'll grab the, the link while I'm talking here. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the chat. The thing that has stood out to me, and you and I have talked about this a lot over the last year plus, is when you're talking about NBA players, when you're talking about like things that you're looking for, right? It's when you're trying to maximize your ability in the NBA. It's not about becoming more well-rounded. It's about becoming greater at the things you already do well. And yes, you want to try to add more to your game. That's not what I'm saying. But to be truly successful in the NBA, it is better to be great, truly great at a couple things than good at a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. Particularly if you want to make a lot of money and be successful in the NBA. And you look at the most successful teams in the NBA, they follow that model. The Bucks aren't trying to make Giannis a three-point shooter. They're trying to get him opportunities to get downhill. The Clippers aren't trying to get looks for Reggie Jackson and Norman Powell. and They're trying to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to switches and mismatches. They're trying to get him to play, but well, that, uh, that's neither here nor yeah. there. <laughs> the, the Nets aren't I, trying yeah. to get Kyrie on back cuts. They're no. getting him pick and roll in isolation and catch and suit situations. Yep. Like they're getting Kevin Durant in the mid range. Like that's a shot that's analytically not good, but Kevin Durant is such a good mid range shooter. You don't care because mm-hmm. a Kevin Durant pull up 15 footer is a really good shot. What the Blazers and this is this is again the the this perfect ethos of of glorified basketball. We've talked about this a ton. What the Warriors from 2016 to 2019 did to the NBA that you could run this egalitarian system of he goes and he goes and the, you know Draymond working in the middle of this hub and everybody else is a spoke and you can get these individual creators and put them in these perfect positions in this positionless basketball but bleh you don't get to do that unless you have five hall of famers what basketball has been regardless of the analytics age is putting your best players in the best position to be successful Mm -hmm. and as much as getting damian lillard off the ball at times is helpful as much as 
playing a more aggressive scheme and not dropping use of Nurkic into coverage is like you want to like do these things. It doesn't optimize guys. If, if you want, this is where this is where I will get into the. This is where I will push back on coaching stuff. This is this is where you will get me to actually talk about coaching mattering. Credit to Richmond, who plays and when. That's the thing that matters the most. But putting guys in the best position to succeed. There has been such an over overcorrection to Terry Stotts with Chauncey Billups right now. At its peak, Damian Lillard's, if you look at his play data from Synergy, 51% of his derived offense was out of the pick and roll as a primary ball handler. Mm-hmm. Over half. That is a monster number. And he was is damn good at it. Mm-hmm. Incredibly good at it. Maybe the best scoring guard in the pick and roll in the modern era. That good, right? That number is down to 34.4%. Okay? It's a 17% swing. That is a no, that is a massive swing. Mm-hmm. A massive swing. You're talking about what? A 30% reduction in your pick and roll possessions? That's huge. And here's the thing. Ant and Dame's pick and roll percentage, like the of their volume, are almost identical. Really, thirty four point five percent of Dame's uh, uh, possessions come out of the pick and roll. Thirty four point four for Anthony Simons. Nearly identical. So regardless of who's on the floor, that tells you it's it's on purpose. Like they're they're like they're targeting basically a certain number of possessions. Like how much pick and roll they want to run. That, that that's that close. I don't think that's a coincidence. Beyond that, as good as it is, uh, Nikias Duncan um, did an article. Um, Friday? The video breakdown. The video breakdown. Yeah, of Dame off ball. Yeah. Was that Friday? I think it was Friday. Yeah. It was Friday, um, highlighting how much he liked um, Dame off ball. And there mm-hmm. were certain, there was things in there that I, that I really liked. There were, um, but and this is a big but. The idea of him uh, being like him being Steph Curry. That's the problem. His entire career is the other guy the, does it. Yes, the other guy does it. The other guy does it. And I'm not saying he shouldn't. Not to interrupt you. I'll let you finish. But no, no, like, no, not, no. Not to say that he shouldn't. I mean, tried a little more, and I know that the, obviously your numbers are suggesting they are doing this. But what I what I imagine you're going to get to, and it's kind of what you've already made your point. Uh, the dude is very effing good, not doing what Steph is always doing. He's really good doing what he is good at doing, mm-hmm. and you can't always you can't change a zebra stripes sometimes, mm-hmm. no matter how hard you want to. And I just I, I imagine that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Yep. It's like the idea because we've been hearing this for years, man. Like, is it is Steph and, and where's Dame compared to Steph? And this is what Steph does, and Dame can't do that, and yada yada yada. It's always Steph and Dame's Dame and Steph, and I, I feel like mostly those conversations they just find different ways of evolving, and now here we are with this one. And that's ultimately where we come down to. Like, this is we're we're 40 games in the season. We're essentially the halfway point, right? Mm-hmm. For all of the Dames having a rough year, Ants having a rough year, 
They are currently in the pick and roll, the seventh and eleventh best scorers in the NBA. Seventh and eleventh most efficient. I shouldn't say best. Most efficient scores in the NBA in the pick and roll. Okay. If I go and look at this, let me pull this up here real quick. Um, their total possessions, Dame pick and roll 251, Anthony Simons 280. They are in the 85th and 86th percentile in points per possession. Okay. Those possession differences too. Remember, Dame missed some of those games. Yes. So it's basically the same thing. And, and Ant had to crank his usage up when, when uh, Dame was out. Um, but Ant is averaging 1.018 points per possession. Dame is averaging 1.008. One one-hundredth of a point separates those two. And they are high-volume scoring guards. Mm-hmm. They are high-scoring, high-volume, high-efficiency shot creators. If you look at B-Ball Index, they are the number six and number seven three-point pull-up shooting players in the NBA. What they are not doing right now is getting into those sets nearly as often, nearly as frequent, because the offense is being prioritized around other things. And why I bring this up is, in talking to people around the league and people around the team and players just trying to figure out what's wrong, a lot of what I'm getting is that it's not a – people aren't butting heads. I don't want it to be that. They're not butting heads in the locker room. They're not butting heads with Chauncey. That's not what this is. But there is a push and a pull to where they are right now. The, the if, if you say – are you talking about philosophical differences Phil- yes. to a certain extent? To, to One extent. person believes it should be this. The other person's like, well, I, I don't know about that. We should be doing this. That's what's evident on the floor. Is that it, just, it feels that way, yeah. Yes. So let's let's just say that right now, the slice of the pie, you've got you know 100%. Mm-hmm. Let's say that pick and roll accounts for, let's just round, let's do round numbers. 40%. Okay. Okay. Let's say, um, let's say 30%, actually. I was going to say, because 34 yeah, go down. Let's yeah. go 30%. 30% of the total offense. 40% is some version of, of spot-up catch-and-shoot. Because the, 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 uh, according to Synergy, their number one offensive metric right now is spot-up. And mm-hmm. the, the, these numbers don't match what I'm saying. Uh, you know what? So, screw it. I'll just use the real numbers. It makes it easier. Spot-up's 21%. Pick-and-roll ball handler is 16%. Okay? And then after that, it's transition at 15%. Isolation at 8%. Okay, so for all the people out there, real quick, who oh they run as iso ball, they don't run all iso ball. Calm down. Most most of their stuff is in the spot up and pick and roll and transition. There's there's a lot that happens before that. I get so sick and tired of people saying that. It's like God, <laughs> it's not even close. Calm down. Um, I think they're tenth in the NBA in iso rate right now. It's 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 not James Harden basketball. But with that said. I think if the Blazers had, if, if Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons had their way, those numbers would be reversed, and it would be closer. So you know what? Let's let's take a look at another year. Let's look, look at nineteen twenty, because that's the kind of last year of this being what it was, right? Yeah. Pick and roll ball handler in nineteen twenty accounted for twenty four 
5% of their total offense. Okay. That was almost 2,000 possessions where a shot, foul, or turnover occurred. This does not count anywhere close to the number of pick and rolls that they run. Right. Remember the number? It was at 38,000 yeah. that Dame had run. Like, it's the number of pick and rolls is significantly more. Where they're at now. And it's not like Ant's not good in the pick and roll. It's not like Dame can has to be the only one. Both these guys are incredible pick and roll shot creators. I think that that the, if you're if you're adjusting the slider, maybe it doesn't need to go to twenty four percent, but maybe split the difference, go from sixteen percent to twenty percent. See where that gets them because the feedback that I have gotten is that guys don't feel like they're in rhythm. Yeah. So I mean. But you're you're kind. I mean, I can only conclude one thing. You're, you're you are talking about coaching, to an extent. Yes. I mean, like yes. It's and, and I I just I feel like we're kind of at a point in the season, and especially the way they've been playing for a couple weeks now. I I don't I don't know how we have the leadership on this team that we do, and then you got the coaching side, and we're still sitting here talking about what they're running is not always agreeable. How do we? How do you get to that spot? I feel like that's something. I don't know. I, I feel like the way you're, the way you're saying this, and I, I see what you're saying. I'm not trying to over exaggerate or act like one hates the other. I'm just simply stating, like, I'm kind of surprised, I guess, that we would have this kind of difference at this point of the season, especially given the results the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I. Here's here's the thing. This is why I. I fight against it. Oh, and Damian Lillard has just been uh, questionable, bunch of, bunch yeah. questionable. Yeah. yeah. Um, good times. <laughs> hey, Ant and GP2, per- let's go. Perfect timing. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't think this solves all their woes. No, it certainly does because you're not even talking about their most consistent trait, turning the damn ball over. But here's the thing. I think the turnovers are, are a factor of that. Well, it's Because I, yeah, it's a I, comfort it's level. Right, right. You're not doing what you're familiar with doing. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I don't want this to be an excuse thing because that's that's not that's why I'm saying that's why I'm not saying but we're problem solving here. This yes. is an excuse making. We're no. pr- trying to problem solve through what is going on right now, yes. and you know, just to use the leader of the team, like, and he's talked about it. Lamar brought it up on the broadcast. He's has his highest number of turnovers per game. Oh, it's it's staggering. Like his his, he, his his turnover. Dame is not Chris Paul in the sense of like ten to one assistant no, turnover that's, ratio. But yeah. Dame has always, always been a very clean assist-to-turnover ratio guy his entire career. He's making passes like he had one in the first half. I'm forgetting where first quarter, second quarter. He he drove to the right. He kind of jumped, and I think it was Jeremy might have been in the corner, and he jumped, and he just threw kind of lazy pass, and the Mm -hmm. Magic Defender just grabs it, and Dame is like, he kind of just like drops head back like, damn it, man. Like, ah, and... I know you're going to get to some of what these numbers mean, but like it's just that's the most consistent trade is turning the ball. They're 28th in turnover percentage right now. Well, in the last five games, they're averaging 19 turnovers a game. Oof. Dead last. You would, okay, yeah. you want the ugly numbers? Okay. Yeah. Uh, dead last in turnovers, dead last three point percentage, 29.7%. In the last On, five or, yeah, last five. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. On the season, they are 
26th in turnovers at 15.8, 16 a game. Three-point percentage at 37.2. That's seventh. Hmm. They've been so bad, but so good early on, that this is the shooting luck going the other way. Yeah. Remember, Jeremy Grant was shooting like 47% from three for basically like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. He was shooting the lights out. Ant was at like 42. Dame, when he first came back from the calf, was shooting like 43 or 44. They were crushing it. The problem was they were dog shit defensively. Here's the flip side of all of this stuff. Uh, if you go uh, to the good folks at Cleaning the Glass, the wonderful Ben Folk, uh, yep. his site, uh, and you look at where they stack up defensively. Now, part of this is they've played some really bad teams. Part of this is they've played relatively well defensively. Over the last two weeks, Portland is sixth in defensive rating. Okay, But they're mm-hmm. 27th in offense. They have a neutral net rating. On the season, they are 13th offensively, 21st defensively. Think about this for a second. In all these games they've lost where they've been close, one possession, two possession, three possession, like close games where if they pull their head out of their ass, they they win the games, right? I think you can say that over the last four easily. I mean, they've absolutely had their chances in all four of those games. Okay. What's done is done. But 18, 18, 24, before the um, game last night against the Magic, that was their turnovers in their games. 18, 18, 24. I asked Chauncey about it. He said the way their, their numbers work, they had 60 turnovers, and it cost them directly 80 points. So, what's that, 26.3 points per game? Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. <laughs> You're spotting an opponent 25 points. <laughs> okay? And even and you're with, shooting a league worse from three right and now. And you're like, still in games. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, that's the frustrating thing is you're losing those games that you're somehow staying in. It's – it's that's where I see as, – as dumb as it sounds, that's where I actually see the silver lining. Sure. That despite turning the ball over more than anybody in the league, despite shooting worse from three than anybody in the league, they're right there. But how much – okay, so just to kind of poke a little bit here because I don't disagree with that idea. I'm sitting there on my couch. I can't believe they even have a shot to tie this game. Like the way they play, they, I thought they were going to lose by 10. Just to play devil's advocate though, like isn't it – is it more concerning? Where do you, I guess, lay – where do you lay it at? Do you lay it at, well, this is a good sign and a sign that things are going to change during this homestand, hopefully starting tomorrow with or without Dame. Or do you say, oh, yeah, they're, they're that close because they've got a guy scoring 30 to 35 points in the last few games. You got, you know, you just, you have elite scoring on your team. And so how much of this is, well, it's encouraging versus, they, they're pretty consistently turning the ball over and spotting these opponents 25 points. Whether you have a shot to win, like you just you're seeing it. You're not gonna you're not gonna win. This is not winning basketball. No. But they're so like if we're talking about like in the margins, 
Mm-hmm. Like if I was like, man, I think if they can squeeze just a little bit more juice out of this, if they just do this, if they just a like, little little tweak here, maybe there. We're talking about don't be the fucking worst in the league. <laughs> I'm not asking for top ten. Not asking for the moon here. Yeah. Don't be the worst. Be middle of the road, and you probably win all those games. I am not overstating this. (laughs) You shoot normal, and you take normal care of the ball, they blow those teams out. Well, yeah. That's the frustrating part of this. That's where I just look at it and go, it's not like I'm trying to look for this, like, where's this little bit of growth I can find that maybe they can, like, that's the frustration, right? Is, okay, you look at this over the last five games. Okay. Last five games. Dame 26 7 4. Mm-hmm. Jeremy 21 4 and 2. Mm-hmm. Ant 21 4 and 3. Jeremy and Ant are shooting 50 and 45% from the floor. You can work with that. Mm-hmm. Dame's shooting 42%. You're like, ah, that kind of sucks. Where you get hit in the teeth is that Dame is shooting 26%. Jeremy, 32%. Anthony, 32%. Nurk, 14%. Hart, 33%. Yeah. That's their three-point shooting. Yep. Then you throw on Dame shooting 77% from the free throw line. Yeah, I don't know what. A career 90% shooter. I, I, I don't. I have no idea what's up with that. I mean, the Toronto game, we're watching the Toronto game on the live watch party, and we're like, what? He what did he miss in that game? I, I, I think he, four. I think was it he, four in Toronto? I couldn't remember. I think Indiana he missed ten. I think he missed ten on the road trip. It was three, four, and three, or three, three, and four. Yeah, I mean, which it's, it's unheard of. He's a career ninety yeah. percent free throw shooter, and that's the thing. I don't think this is just basketball. I don't think this is just coaching. I think the one thing that we tend to lose sight of in all of this stuff is life. You almost have to wonder if guys are just going through something. If there's just something. We all go through funks. Whether it's sure. a last for a couple days, a couple weeks, a month, a year, like just stuff. And it's, it's like, I, yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm not insinuating anything. I'm not like No, but you do wonder. It, I mean like, I, I, I Yes. I, I watch that in play, right? I see it in real time. I see it like everybody else. I I still I've watched that play four times. I don't know what Jeremy Grant doesn't see Dame Lillard right there at the wing wide open. I don't know. But I think if he would have seen him, he would have given him the ball. I mean, his instincts would probably do that. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen them lose some heartbreaking losses in this era. I, I know they're going through it right now. And again, I'm I'm not trying to add any extra in, but like his his body language and face reaction at the end of that game was just like that was one of the all time like I, I haven't seen he's an, he's an all-time competitor. All-time and I, competitor. And yes. I don't think he liked the fact that he didn't get to take have a shot at that apple. I don't blame him for that. He I think, you know, they threw a couple at him. He got rid of it. He did a hell of a job. He got the air ball from Jeremy. Mm-hmm. He probably thought he was going to get a good look again. He should have, and he didn't. And then... And he's, in that moment, he's frustrated. And has to shoot that shot because there's like one and a half seconds left. And he actually gone. gets a good look at it. Like, he did. He misses. And I, I just think it's a culmination of like, Holy shit, man. We've lost four in a row, and we just lost to the Magic at home. Like, of all the teams in this homestand that you would have picked. That was the one you were like, that's a win. 
definitely would have counted that as a win. And now you lose it. And you're continuing to play the way you're playing. I just think it was an incredibly big buildup of frustration. I thought you saw it last night when he walked off the court. The You know what's funny is um, I'm sitting there in press row after the game, just kind of talking to guys. And I was like, this, this press conference is going to be something. And it ended, up, it ended up being something in a different way. It ended up being something in the sense of how they went about things. Yeah. I'm going to try to do something here. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and play it. I'm going to try and play Nurk's audio from last night because Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian opened up with Nurk asking about three-point shooting and like how can you just chalk this one up to this? And Nurk completely disregarded his question. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's going to come through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Let's see. Uh, open it up in the old tube, right? Let's try this again. One more time. It's not going to pull it. Okay. Well, long story short, Nurk, after the question says, I've got to stop the turnovers. I have got to stop. I am letting my teammates down. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of sat back and was like, okay, where's this going? Where, what, what's happening here? And he was so contrite and so frustrated. And I'm not saying this just to have, like, like to bury Nurk here. That, that's, that's, it, it's actually the furthest thing from that. What I'm saying is, I, all of this, the first thing I thought was when he was saying this is, one, good for him. Because he has been too loose with the ball. But more than that, it signaled he cares. He gives a shit. He's still, he's still there. Which means the locker room's still there. Which means it's not, guys aren't at each other. Guys aren't frustrated. And I didn't think they were, but it just kind of it reinforced that there's still a give a damn in this team. And I don't know if they get their way out of this. I don't know if this is the fix, like a little a tweak in like what you run and how you run it and when you run it. But him, Chauncey, talking to a few guys in the locker room, Dame, like everybody still feels like they're pulling on the same rope. Yeah. Which I don't think they thought, or I don't think that there's a lot of people out there that think that that's necessarily the case. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, I, I think it's easy to go there. In this league, it's easy to go there yeah. at, at, as soon as you know possible. <laughs> I saw a funny tweet uh, last night, and I, uh, I'm blanking on the spot because I'm a choke artist. Uh, but it was it was a picture of them celebrating one of the game winners, and he might have been like Jeremy Grant or something, and it was like, how long ago does this feel? I was like, I saw that this morning and I'm like, God, that is, yeah, that feels like a different season ago. I, I hear you. I, I I heard the Nurk thing about the turnovers and it's well and good. My only but? response. Yeah, I got a big but here though. <laughs> Danny, this league is a fickle, mit- a fickle mistress. Oh, it and, is. 
And in, as soon as you think it's all together, it can all be apart. And I'm not yeah. saying they will because in the Dame era, these teams largely do not come apart. With the exception of last year when it was a complete shit well, show. That, they, that doesn't they, count. But every other year, and it's been this time of year. But this is, the next three games, you get Cleveland and Dallas back-to-back. Back. You get hot Western Conference team that went from being below you to they've passed you now. Mm-hmm. And you get fun East. Eastern Conference storyline of crap out of you last time that beat the shit out of you and has a lot of bad matchup problems for you. And now it's like, I'm not saying you got to win all three. I don't even know if two and one is possible, but I do wonder like, what's your give a damn if you lose the first two of these three. And that's when I start to go, all right, is there a guy identifying? Oh, I'm going to get traded anyway. What do I give a shit? Is there, you know what I mean? Like sometimes as we're less than a month away from the trade deadline. Yes. 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 And if you don't think that the guys are thinking about that, you're out of your mind. It, unless your name is Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., you're, it's on your mind. I, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm not an NBA player. Obviously, I'm doing a podcast talking about NBA players. But in a business that I work in with contracts, buddy. Shit can change real of- quick. You think about that shit six months out, mm-hmm. seven months out, eight months. Hell, you – oh, this is you got to plan your year. life. Yeah, you start to think about, like, is this going to continue? Is this going to change? What is this? And it can be stressful. I'm not – again, I'm not trying hey, to out. just a I heads up, like, man. Ratings are up at the uh, noon to three hour. What are you trying to say? I'm, I'm saying – like, uh... Oh, ratings are up. Yeah, hell yeah. Our boss told you guys are killing it. Our station's killing it. We got good numbers. Like, everybody's happy right now. But as quickly as you can be happy, something can happen. And as quickly as you're down, you're like, we can still do this. It can kick you again. So, Mm -hmm. I I just, I think the next three games for me, Danny, are going to be pretty damn telling. Yep. So, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're kind of wind things down and wrap it up here. Um, We'll come back. I'll try to do it in After Dark tomorrow. I have no problem coming back and, and hitting things hard here the next couple of days after being down for a week. We'll make. Up you want to hit one time. Thursday after the dark, after the home game? You gonna go that late? Oh no, tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah, huh? so Friday. Do the do the yeah. So yeah, because it's Saturday Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You want to go Friday? Yeah, and yeah, then let's do that. I think the Sunday game might be a little bit earlier. So if so, if it is, yeah. we can go. We can go yep. later that night. Um. But there's, I think there's a bunch of stuff that we're going to see hammered out one way or the other over the next couple of games. What I'm wondering is, and I, I don't know, I don't like necessarily believe this to be true. What I'm wondering is, does the concept of a good team or good teams in Cleveland and Dallas, problems that have been there for you, does that, the, the, the being on the precipice of getting your teeth kicked in, because if you play like you did against the last four teams, like you oh. against those teams, not close. You will get embarrassed. Yeah, Donna Mitchell just dropped seventy-one. You will get Bostoned. Remember Boston last year, or not two years ago? Mm-hmm. Remember what? What did Luca just do last month? What has oh, he been doing? I mean, 50, 60 points. Sixty I mean, points. Like, yeah, the, dude's going nuts. If you f around and find out, you will get embarrassed. Yeah. And then what does that do to this team? Right? Yeah. So yep. that's what I'm interested to see is how much they can figure out between now and then Agreed. over the next three games. I'm not looking to the trade deadline. I'm looking at the next three games. And I don't know if there's a record out there that makes me feel good, bad, otherwise. I I am more interested in the process 
I care about the fight in the process. Yep. What do That's they what do? I want to see. How yes. do they do it? Yep. Like, I've gone through and I've watched all of these games recently. I have looked at the shots they're taking. I am not mad about 90% of the shots they're getting. Yeah. On average, they're getting 25 open looks a night. A third of their shots are good, great, grand. And they're hitting them at 30%. That should be 40 to 44%. Mm-hmm. They've got to figure it out. Yeah. Whether it's comfort level, whether it, who gives in, who is willing to buy in more, not even buy in more, who is willing to sacrifice a little bit more to figure it out. And that's the thing that's going to watch over the next three, the next three games. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes from there. We appreciate you all. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. We are back up and running. Hopefully my PC is good to go. The new one's being built right now as we speak. So hopefully this will just get kicked to a streaming machine in the meantime. Uh, thank you all so very much. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. We'll be back. I will try to do a Jack Ramsey's after dark tomorrow unless it goes into overtime or goes obscenely late. <laughs> uh, please, God, no. Um, no, it's kind of a good sign if it goes to OT, though. Even if you don't get an after dark, it's like, hey, yo, they showed up and they were ready to go. So that's, you know, if we don't go Thursday, definitely we're going to be doing one Friday. That'll be interesting. Um, yep. but yeah, we'll be back on Friday and then we'll do the mailbag as usual on Sunday with like a post game wrap up following that. Uh, no watch parties cause we're at home forever. Uh, you find us on social media at, uh, Danny Marang at Brandon Sprague at Jack Ramsey's email is show. Jack Ramsey's gmail.com. You can find Brandon, uh, every day from six to nine on dirt and Sprague in the morning on 10 a the fan. You can find me noon to three of my co-host dusty Hera also on 10 a the fan. Thank you all so, hey, so very por- much. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, that's port. That's Portland sports leader. Portland sports leader. 10 a the fan. <laughs> tagline baby uh you guys have a great great night i'm off to a comedy show uh if you're around downtown portland tonight and you want to go see a comedy show hit it up on Eventbrite. look for deep dish and the homie jeremiah coughlin uh they've got it going like once a month so uh until next time guys have a wonderful night take care talk soon mm-hmm. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.